Welcome to this Girl Life podcast. We're your hosts, Whitney Kleiner and Kristen Kavan, best friends who understand the power of friendship, good conversations, and the realness of creating your best life. Each week, you can find us here having real, raw, unfiltered conversations that you want to have with your best friends. It's everything you need to know to master this girl life. Let's get it started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to This Girl Life. It is our fifth episode today. I'm so excited, guys. We made it to five episodes. Fifth episode. We did it. <laughs> guys, we we have a really awesome and powerful episode for you today. And I know I learned a ton, and I'm really excited to share our guest with you today. She's Me really too. awesome. She was so informative. So I'm excited to talk about Janelle and dive into that. But before we felt like it was so necessary there <laughs> to do something for you guys. We have created, you know, that on all obviously all of you should have already signed up for TGL extras newsletter. We hope you have, it's a brief little email you'll get from us each week with all the extras you need to know about TGL. And so to play off of that, we have four TGL extras pop culture edition today. So we're going to dive in because there's a lot going on in pop culture right now. There is a lot happening. And the first thing that is just rocking my world right now is the Lori Laughlin, Felicity Huff, Huffman, Huff, yeah, Huffman, Felicity yeah. Huffman college scandal. Guys, did you hear that Felicity Huffman was just arrested and Lori Laughlin has a warrant out for her arrest because they are bribing college officials to get their daughters and their kids into colleges. Aunt Becky. My mind is blown. I know. She needed one of those Danny Tanner moments with the music because she needs a come to Jesus moment. Guys, she reportedly paid $500,000 to get her two daughters into USC, who, by the way, then went on their own YouTube channels and talked crap about being in college and how they were just there to party and stuff and then had to apologize for those YouTube videos. Like, sounds a little snobby celebrity child. Right? Like, that's really bad. I was doing a little digging because I'm just fascinated by It's what she does. Yeah. Because it's like, Chris, she is the best like stalker this sounds so bad but like she can find information she's a pro you want to find an ex-boyfriend girl give me five minutes and I'll find everywhere he's been in the last four days but in my stalking of Lori she's off all social media which good for her because the legal side of this is about to get so real for her give it to me lawyer I guys racketeering bribery I mean, messing with the U.S. government, $500,000 is an instant felony. I mean, let's not. She does not know what she's in for. Obviously, she's going to plead out. She's not going to like they're not going to take this to trial because I guarantee like E! News doesn't have all of the like legal workings of this. But you know that the U.S. Attorney General has so much stuff on this. Like they were supposed to appear in federal court today. Her husband is also like he also got arrested. I mean, There's a lot happening right now. I feel like we are at the tip of the iceberg and things are about to go down. I'm really excited to see like who else is involved. Right. They said 33 people, SAT coaches, um, coaches at colleges like Yale, Harvard. I mean, this is deep, deep. So we're going to 
have to stay up to date with this. I mean, this we literally just were reading about it, so we're we're hot right now about this topic. I mean, we'll keep up to date on that. Oh yeah, so, it's yeah. Crazy. Aunt, Aunt Becky might end up in jail. I know, and um, she's on that Hallmark Channel or that Lifetime show. Like, what's gonna happen? What calls gets, the heart? She gets. Um, what's gonna happen? She gets diphtheria and dies. <laughs> she might. It's like in the 1800s. So diphtheria was a thing. Okay. Um, moving on to our second thing is Aladdin. Your wishes have been granted. Aladdin, the first full trailer was released. And guys, I'm so pumped. This is going to be playing in our house all the time. It looks so good. It looks really good. I still have a little bit of a hard time with Will Smith being a genie. Okay. Why? Because it's just Robin Williams is yeah. that voice is so it's his voice. It's right. just that's all I can think of. And then the whole it's just like so traumatic what happened to him and like but anyways, I'll get over it because it's gonna be that good. It's released May twenty fourth. Woo! So that's coming up. Yeah, it is actually coming up. So I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. And again, I mean I'm all for a Disney movie. All for a I Disney movie. A whole new world. Oh, a whole so- new world. Don't get me started. I know. We'll be here all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Number three on the pop culture edition. A-Rod and J-Lo. Couple of the year. Couple of the century. Rock I- of the year. Rock of the year. Did you guys see that bad boy? Holy moly. I, they haven't, have you seen how big that was? Cause I didn't, I didn't get the carrots. I didn't, but I was reading an article ranking her in diamond rings and <laughs> guys, <laughs> it's what I do. I live for pop culture. It's my favorite thing. But I read that actually her engagement ring from Ben Affleck was more expensive because it was a pink diamond and oh. it was more rare, even though the A-Rod diamond is the biggest. And did you know that JLo, this is her fourth engagement? Oh, no, I didn't. But you want to know what? I don't even care because I feel like they are so meant to be. I, I agree. I, I love them together. And I think everyone, yeah. they just fit. They fit together like peanut butter and jelly. They're beautiful. They're both like sexy and Latin and gorgeous. And the thing I also like, I feel like JLo was in a little bit of a dating people that weren't on her level. Yeah, right. She's at another level. Right. And A-Rod is her level. He's the best Yankee. He's the best baseball player. Entrepreneur, dad, so involved. I'm just like, gosh, you guys, can we just have like a televised wedding? Please. Imagine what she is going to look like as a bride. I can't even. Uh, Also, I know I don't want to go there, but did you see that Jose Canseco said that a-Rod has been cheating on J-Lo with Jose's sister. Now, I understand that Jose and A-Rod go way back. Like, they're super rivals. Jose Canseco's, like, always been talking crap about A-Rod for, like, the last 15 years. But he claims he has the text to prove that A-Rod was cheating. But J-Lo just backed up A-Rod the other day, yesterday, or something on Twitter, and said she believes him. But. Well, I hope not. I don't. Guys, I really, I have some big, I like, thoughts on cheating. I know a lot of people do. I feel like you can go either one way or the other, and this could be a whole nother podcast because some people are super lenient even in their marriages. I have 
no, I do not tolerate it. I just don't understand though. I I'm away from my husband for six months as a military spouse and it doesn't even cross my mind. It, it doesn't even cross my mind. I have no idea where it even, how people even think about it. It shouldn't. I I know. So bad. I don't believe it. I don't believe the rumors. No. JLo, A-Rod all the way. All the way. Yeah. Seriously. Hashtag Mrs. Rodriguez. (laughs) All right. Moving in to our fourth and final TGL extras pop culture edition. The Bachelor. Yeah. We're talking about it, you guys. Um, It's over. It's done. I don't, it's, I'm so, can I just tell you, this was the most dramatic. Yes, it was. This was truly, and my heart just broke for him the whole time. My only beef is we watched a grown man cry for two hours last night, last week. I know, but it was so sad. All I, I did was cry and break up with girls. Two hours. I spent two hours watching him cry. I know. I know. <laughs> Your commentary. If you guys don't go to Chris's Instagram and watch her bachelor or bachelorette commentary, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and her husband is involved. It's too much. So you need Very to. Good. But uh, so listen, we've already heard the next bachelorette is going to be Hannah B. B. Be right. So the Alabama pageant girl where my mom is like, dear God, no, but I like her. I don't like her. Oh, that's harsh. I, I just, Okay. I like her. Yes. I just think she's a little much to be the lead. It's my only thing. I, I think you want to know, I think she's going to calm it down now that she's the lead. I hope so right now because she's not fighting for attention. I think she's going to be a little bit more her true and authentic self. And I actually called it before they even said it was the bachelor. She was the bachelorette. I called it with my mom, um, the night of, and I don't read the reality Steve stuff. So if any of you knew, but, um, girls tell all women tell all Mm -hmm. she was so much more put together and calm. And there was like a different vibe about her. I said to my mom, I was like, she's the bachelorette. I just could tell. And so I'm actually kind of excited, but here's the deal. You know who I'm advocating for, for the next Bachelor? Who? Sean Sean Booth. Oh, yeah, girl. And I know it was on, like, some sort of website um, that they were talking about this, but I'm all for it. Because Mm -hmm. I like Caitlin. I love Caitlin. Love her. Love her. But I'm all for him um, finding his true love. Me too. I loved them. I, you know... If I'm being honest, I loved them together. I know. That was a hard breakup, a hard bachelor breakup for me to deal with the Caitlyn Sean breakup. And then it's sad that like he was all by himself. All I can think about is all by myself. (laughs) If you're new to TGL, Whitney will sing a lot. Yeah. And she's a good voice, guys. One day I'm going to make her actually sing on this show. Guys, that's hilarious. Okay. I'm not Caitlyn Bristow. But (laughs) But guys, I agree with you, Whit, because I think... So Caitlin got the house. They built this beautiful house in Nashville together. It was on like all the magazines and she still Instagrams from the house, meaning that Sean had to leave. I mean, her podcast room is in their house. Yeah, but he got the dog because it was oh, his Oh, Tucker. I know. Gosh, you know what? I want to get Caitlin on the podcast. Hey, Caitlin, Caitlin Bristow. Calling Caitlin. If anyone knows Caitlin Bristow, connect us, guys. Yeah. We will hook owe a, you a big one. Hook a girl up. We'll we'll provide lots of wine for you, Caitlin. Yeah. And we'll even let you sing. 
Yes. <laughs> can, we, can we do a duet and harmonize? I'll Let, I'll watch. <laughs> Krista will play the tambourine. <laughs> Guys, when Whitney and I were in high school, Whitney tried to make me a good singer once. And we were in the car listening to Michelle Branch, The Wreckers. And if you guys don't know The Wreckers, watch One Tree Hill and then look up The Wreckers. And she kept trying to get me to harmonize on this song. And if you guys don't know me, I am tone deaf. (laughs) I am dying right now. Guys, I cannot carry a tune to save my life. And Whitney has a gorgeous voice. And she would try to make me harmonize and be like, no, do it here. And I'm like, Whit, that all sounds the same to me. (laughs) I tried to do, Michelle Branch was my go-to because I tried to do that with my sister too. I just tried (laughs) to find anyone to harmonize with. I just needed someone to, you know, be my harmonizer. (laughs) I was not it. No, and neither was my sister. (laughs) Caitlin, let's harmonize, girl. We'll make some beautiful music. Sounded sexual. Oh, my Lord. All right. Well, that was our TGL Extras Pop Culture Edition. Thank you for listening. We hope you laughed because I just laughed my butt <laughs> off. Um. <laughs> okay. Today, we told you we had someone amazing on the podcast, and we do. Her name is Janelle Nelson. She's a family marriage life therapist who specializes in EMDR, which is an acronym for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. That's a mouthful. You want me to say that again? Yeah. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Basically, it's when you have an event or a trauma. So it could be really, really traumatic trauma or even something as simple as getting in a car accident. Isn't simple, but, you know, it's a trauma. Your brain sometimes can't process that. And so this technique that she uses, which I've done before and I love and enjoy and have literally had so much help, like it's helped so much. Basically what it does is it helps your thoughts and your feelings of this traumatic event get processed, naturally processed through this, you know, treatment that she does. So she's going to dive all into it. I mean, that was an awful way of explaining it. My nurse, (laughs) my nurse educator side was just really crappy. So I'm sorry, you guys, but we are excited to introduce Janelle Nelson, family marriage life therapist. So let's get into it. Guys, we are so happy to have Janelle here today. She is a family marriage life therapist with us. So Janelle, thank you for coming on to TGL and hanging out with us today. Um, I'm super excited because I think you bring a really cool perspective and I think people are absolutely going to benefit from our conversation today and what you bring to us today. I'm super pumped. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, you guys. Of course. I know we've been trying to connect this and I, I want this. I was just telling Janelle (laughs) that I think so many people are going to benefit from this and they don't, um, they don't, I feel like therapy is just not talked about and especially EMDR, what we're going to dive into. Mm -hmm. I want people to know about it because therapy has helped me so much. I've gained so much from Mm -hmm. it and I honestly do it to stay grounded and like just to practice self-love. And I think I kind of want people to feel that today. And I know they will from you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Right on. Thank you for being here. (laughs) So first, first things first, tell um, our TGL audience a little bit about yourself and how long you've been a therapist. Dive into that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in EMDR. Um, and I've been doing it for, 
Gosh. Okay. So, um, solidly for the last eight years, but I, um, really started in my early twenties is which where it's where actually I learned about EMDR when I was in my internship and I hadn't, um, graduated yet. And I did a whole another career for a while. And then I came back about eight years ago and I've been doing it for, for about eight years. Cool. Yeah. So and I'm in San Diego. That's right. <laughs> yeah. San Diego. That's in how Diego. I found her. <laughs> cool. So Janelle, as someone yes. who does not do therapy, and I'll be the first yes. to admit, I don't do it. I haven't ever done any version of it and I don't have anything against it. I don't know why I've never done it. I just yeah. have never. So in your opinion, why do you think someone needs therapy? Why is it useful? What can we get from, and let's just start basic therapy. What, yeah. I mean, in your experience and your opinion, why do someone need to do it? Gosh, there's like every, um, there's every reason imaginable. And I think one big thing that I feel so strongly that I want to just de demystify is that like, or just, I don't know, wipe out is that, um, healthy people go to therapy and there's this, there's this like myth that like you have to be crazy or have mental illness or something like that. And it's like, no, I mean, honestly, majority of my clients are just high functioning, incredible people, you know, yeah. and yeah. that don't have any mental illness that they're just wanting to self-improve and develop. So you, you can have mental illness. It can be something extreme, but it's also just for people that are wanting to connect more dots and pieces in their life and heal and wholeness and well-being and just wanting to self-improve. So yes. it's everything in Absolutely. between, you know? And I, I think mean, I, I like that. Cause I think for me, I'm trying not to have a stigma about it, but I think like yeah. self-consciously I do like, that's how oh, I've yeah. always thought of it is like, well, I don't need it. I I'm fine. I talk to my friends about it. And I think that's people aren't understanding like what therapy is about. Yes. And there's still this stigma that you have to have a mental illness yeah. in order to do it. You yeah. can't just go to have self-love like Whitney said she does it for, you know, like that's a mm -hmm. point that Wit does it. And oh, so yeah. I, I, are yeah. you finding a lot of that, that like there's still this like huge stigma around what therapy is and what it entails? Yes. I mean, I think it's getting better and better. And maybe in Southern California, it's just a lot more normalized here where yeah. it's just, you know, but I think even for people that are more, um, highly sensitive or empathic or, um, that they, it's just a beautiful form of just regulating their life and normal self-care and that there's just no shame around it, you know, yes. but I think different parts of the country, probably you'll pick up different, right. Different, or, you know, what your parents' beliefs are around yes. it. That's a huge piece. If your parents were like, yep, yeah, we go all the time. It's just something we do. It's just like going to the doctor. There's no, there's no shame versus if there's some little like, Oh, she's going to therapy, you know, it's right. like, you know, it's just depending yeah. on what your background is of, you know, so. oh, I love that you just said, mm -hmm. I, one of my, we'll just kind of, I'm again, gosh, I'm, yeah. just, I'm the bunny trail person guys, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, but you just, this, this podcast, I'm just going to be like, all oh, because yeah, I am okay. such a, we, one of my things I struggle with as a nurse is mm. I am such an empathetic person that yeah. it, it's almost to a fault. I mean, it, yeah. it's almost damaging to me. And so to just be able to go to therapy and regulate that 
has been a huge help in my life. If I want to be a nurse, I have, you know, to do that. Right. I think any empath sensitive person has to learn how to have boundaries and, um, and really like fine tune that ability to still retain all the beautiful parts of being sensitive, empathic, and then also to be able to, you know, be in the marathon of the career versus just the sprint where you're just burning out constantly, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to dive right into it because yeah, we want you to talk about EMDR. You're the guru of EMDR. That's why we want to have you on. So Tell us what, what is EMDR exactly? Okay. So, um, it's a type of therapy and it's something, um, it's called eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it's a specific therapy that works for trauma. And so, um, I, and it's something that it's, um, like I do kind of, I'm like a eclectic when my style of therapy, but I bring in EMDR therapy when I see that person needs it or could benefit from it. So it's not like just like you go in and it's EMDR all the time. It's not, it's like a tool basically that when a therapist is trained in it, they can integrate it into that person's therapy experience. Okay. Um, yeah. does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how it was introduced to me you know, cause yeah. I started with talk therapy and then moved into, to EMDR. Yeah. To do some EMDR work. Right. Yeah. So and can it, you break it down even more? Yeah, I know that's really, <laughs> it's like long, big words. This I'm like, you like said you these, out. these four big words and I'm like, I still don't, <laughs> what? I mean, I had totally. to Google what those four letters yes. stood for. Yes. So okay. Can you yes. break okay. down even more? Absolutely. So I'm going to use, instead of getting all science, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of break down how, like how, like an easy way to understand it. But basically when we go through trauma and I'm going to use the word trauma really, really lightly, um, as far as like, I'm going to make it more inclusive of something that is incredibly severe to something really, really mild. Okay. So any time that we go through trauma, depending, no matter what, it, where is it, it, where it lands on that scale of severe to mild, um, it's almost like our brains, when we process any information, it bounces it back from the right to the left hemisphere of the brain, back and forth, back and forth. When we go through trauma, it's almost like the file's too large and it just doesn't quite download. Mm-hmm. And it gets pairs, it gets paired with a negative belief about ourselves. So let's say we were bullied when we were in elementary school and there, that, that circumstance never downloaded and processed. And we have this, and it gets paired with that negative belief of, let's say we picked up that I'm not good enough from that, from that bullying experience. Basically, we then see the world through that lens of trauma. So if you think of that expression, you see the world through rose-colored lenses, well, if you don't have trauma, you do. But if you do have trauma, (laughs) you're going to see the world through that lens of I'm not good enough or I can't trust anyone or I'm not lovable or I'm powerless, whatever it is, whatever that you've gone through and how your brain interpreted it, you see the world out of that lens. So EMDR is basically a way to target that incident that you went through and it uses a um it 
it's basically, it uses a light bar and sometimes pulsers to basically when you're in touch with all these different pieces of the trauma, your fault, then you then kind of follow this light bar back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it basically allows your brain to digest that huh. experience. Wow. So it moves it from the, it like, it takes it from where it's stuck to finally it goes right, left, right, left. And it just processes it all the way through to a place in the brain where you can think about it differently. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can attest to and that. It, <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. I guess it's yeah, amazing it's, to me to think of it. You're actually using physical things to work yeah. with the brain instead of just talk therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you, you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple things. So there are a couple things that you use in this. So with who my therapist, Dr. Cassidy, which I talk about, who yeah. I talk about all the time on my <laughs> yeah, Instagram. She's wonderful. She, I love her. <laughs> she is. We use just her fingers. Yeah. So just yeah. me and the eye movement. And then I know that you use other tools. Um, yeah, I, I just got tired. My arm got tired <laughs> when I started doing this too long that I'm like, okay, I got to get the light bar. And so the I light bar, it. yes. And then also the pulsers. So my clients will follow the light bar and they also have the pulsers. And so it pulses and you look at the light at one side and it goes back and forth and back and forth and I can stop it and check in and then go back and forth, back and forth, stop it and check in. And so it's, it's like your brain's chewing the circumstance all the way down and integrating it. So while Um, you're doing that, are you talking? Are you having conversations while you're doing this eye movement? Or is it a moment of kind of silence with the person? Yeah, no, good questions. Well, the first part is the, the prep work. So after, so let's say, um, I'm working with someone and they come up with a block, let's say with their partner, let's say they were cheated on. Okay. And so their partner and their marriage, they're just, even though that person's great, but they're just constantly triggered of like, well, if he's cheating on me and da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. It's like at some point in therapy, I'm like, okay, where did you pick up that you can't trust anyone? Where is that happening from? And they go back and it's like, oh, maybe their dad cheated on their mom. And that was a trauma that I can't trust anyone. So we go back to something that feels completely unrelated. So that person's like, well, I don't, I'm not bothered that my dad cheated on my mom anymore. That doesn't even bother me. But they picked up that negative belief of I can't trust anyone and it's completely impacting their current life. And so then we go through and it's a process of getting in touch with that memory of their dad cheating on their mom. And so we have to come up with, uh, to get in touch with the um, trauma, we have to figure out, okay, what's an image that represents the worst part of the incident? And it's like, well, it's the day that they, they can picture their dad coming in and their mom crying or whatever it was. And then we had to figure out what the negative belief is. And it's, I can't trust anyone. And then there's a whole kind of series of questions to get really in touch with it. So what are the emotions? And so when they're deeply in touch with it, they feel really sad or really angry or just really whatever. Um, and you have to rate it on a scale of zero to 10. So when they're really in touch with it, with the image, the feelings, the negative belief on a scale of one to 10, they might go, whoa, that bothers me more than I realize. when we're just casually talking at it. It's like a two, but when I'm really in touch with it, it's like an eight or it's like a 10. And so they get really in touch with it. And they also, I also ask like, where do you feel it in your body? Because 
um, trauma has a muscle memory. So we can memor we are wherever, when that trauma happened or wherever our body responded, that's where we'll feel it when we're deeply in touch with it. So they'll, she'll go, oh my gosh, I feel it deep in my heart because it broke her heart. And she could just literally feel it in her heart space. And so after she's really in touch with it, then um, I go, okay, get really in touch with it. And then I start the processing where she'll follow the light bar and she'll do it maybe 30 seconds a minute and stop. And I'll say, okay, what did you notice? And she'll say, I'm feeling this. I'm thinking this and keep going. Stop, go. I'm feeling this. I'm thinking this. Go. I'm feeling this. I'm thinking this. And what's amazing is by the time, I mean, sometimes, honestly, it's just even the one session, they get down to a complete zero where they think about the event and nothing bothers them. Like absolutely nothing bothers them. And she goes, I can choose who to trust. And so instead of thinking I can't trust anyone, she's now moved to the positive belief of, you know what, I, I, can't, I can't trust everyone, true, but I can choose who to trust. And that feels really empowering. And then you move on to the installation piece. And so you're pairing, you're thinking of that original picture of mom crying and dad or whatever it was. And you're putting in the, you're pairing it with a positive belief of I can choose who to trust. And that is so, the installation is my favorite piece because it just feels so soothing and so affirming where once it was just this horrible memory, it actually feels positive and reinforcing and there's, it feels really good. And then you move on to the body scan where you're thinking of it and you're really in touch with your body to go, okay, do I feel anything in my heart? Do I feel anything in my back? And you move through and by the end, you are completely chilling. I mean, you might yeah. be tired, but you feel <laughs> yes. good. You feel it good. sounds I mean, like quite a process. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's exhausting. Like I can attest it is like, yeah. it is exhausting, but in a weird way, I told I, my very couple first sessions, I fell after doing it or in the moment of like, like a euphoric sense, like oh, feeling yeah. of I don't yes, know if I it's have the clients quick... like skip out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't what? know if it's the yeah. eye movement, like going yeah. so fast. Um, but I felt just so light and I can definitely, I, I love how you break it down because, and I'll share some of like my story with my EMDR session, how it started was finding that touchstone memory. Um, and one of the, in our previous um, episodes that we've recorded, that's going to come out here, we actually um, picked Dr. Cassidy's brain um, and she gave us um, a couple things no one's telling you um, after having a baby. And mm -hmm. so we're talking about, that's good. yeah, one of those, mm -hmm. how having a child brings up childhood issues and can create anxiety. And mm -hmm. that happened to me. So when I oh, had Blakey, yeah. My anxiety, I was already a super anxious person, which Kristen is not by nature, and I very much am by nature. <laughs> mm -hmm. But when I had Blakely, I was triggered. Guys, I could not figure out what was going on. And there was like a couple things happening. I told Janelle before I was diagnosed with Hashimoto. So I had like mm -hmm. this piece, this thyroid piece going on, but also this piece of like, I felt like I was going through postpartum two years after having a baby. And, mm -hmm. um, but what happened, I went in with, with Cassidy, we had some talk therapy. She's like, you know what? I think you're good. I think EMDR is something we need to do. So first she called, she's like, let's find that touchstone memory is what she called it. So we went back and I remembered something from the time when I was two years old, two years old mm -hmm. of, of 
my parents had to work and I was at, with, at a friend's house and I felt really unsafe. There was an older gentleman, mm-hmm. her son there, and I felt so unsafe. And I could mm-hmm. just see everything so vivid. You wouldn't you wouldn't think that yeah. going back that far would bring emotions up. But for me, I was so triggered by this unsafe feeling. It was like a mm-hmm. seven. Like, oh, and yeah. so then we started going through it, like you said. And guys, after a couple passes, I was just bawling. Like it connects mm-hmm. dots that you have no idea that right. you even felt this way that you, um, that I don't even know how to explain it. It's such a beautiful thing. And so after Mm -hmm. doing some of these, um, I had to do about five or six sessions, I think with with her, but I was back down to a zero and I was definitely feeling like that trigger didn't, I wasn't being triggered by that, but it definitely leads into, this is why EMDR is so cool too. It, It leads into other triggers yeah. it it moves through your brain because it wasn't just one thing that affected me mm-hmm. it was multiple things throughout my whole childhood of why mm-hmm. i'm still i still have triggers with my child and i'm still dealing with right so right. yeah how yeah, no, it, <clears throat> so my question totally. so what you yeah. kind of just touched on it you said like 5 to 6 sessions what are you see like what do you usually tell people this takes like what's I mean I know you can't give like probably it's five for everyone but how long does that take to have this kind of breakthrough that Whitney's talking about well like for example like some people will just come and they just went through let like let's say they were in a car accident and they just want it on the car accident and that is hugely relieving in their life or something happened or whatever and it's just the one thing and they just want that cleared and then for and then for others, it's like, um, it's, it's some people like there's like a single incident trauma and some people have more like attachment trauma. So let's say they had like a workaholic dad and that reinforced a million times over that they weren't good enough, you know, or they had a alcoholic mom and that all the different things of feeling powerless or whatever around that. So there's different type like there's just different types of trauma you're working with. Some is just one single thing and sometimes it's multiple, but like Whitney said, it is definitely like peeling back. I think just growth, growth in general, EMDR not, we're always just peeling back more and more layers. Like we have moments of like, Oh, I arrived. And then it's like, Oh no, there's this, you know? (laughs) And it's just like, Oh, and at some point along in life, you know, you realize, Oh, this is just life is. We're just, we're, we're, we never arrive. We're always growing. There's always different layers. Um, and I think one thing that's, cool about EMDR is it, it can it can shave some big layers off for you as far as like where it's really really stuck where you might feel like no matter what you do you just never feel good enough and you can you can have some of those pieces switch to go oh I I totally am good enough or I I can trust someone or um whatever 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 the negative belief I am lovable I am worthy um my body's good enough you know whatever it is yeah. Um, and so, and then sometimes too, it's like, actually I've worked with people with just like phobias, like have fears of flying oh, wow. or, um, fear of snakes. Like they can also be worked with like random <laughs> things too, <laughs> More random, wow. you know? Um, so it's, it's, there's kind of, it, it works on a, on a lot of different levels, it's but funny, it's different I'm, for everyone. Yeah. yeah. 
I love how you said it peels back the layers because it, it does. I think that's what therapy in general for me, it does peel back those layers and so much, and maybe you guys can agree so much of what I see today is wanting to put this face on of everything's good. I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. And no one wants to peel the layers back. Right. And what, what happens though, is I feel like we get to a point of just total breakdown at some point. That's where I got to is that I was like going to have a full on breakdown. I was like, your girl needs therapy. I got to go. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Like whatever happens just to kind of, um, I think it, you know what it is. It just is like, um, for us to all get to a place of more, um, wholeness and authenticity in our lives. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, we go through things that kind of rock us to go, um, where we're not in that kind of like ego all we have it all together, perfect state, which is just, just completely false for anyone. I love that you just said that because Whitney and I, when we sat down months ago to talk about this podcast and our goal and our, you know, what we hope to put out there is, was authenticity. And that kept coming up and we would have these brainstorming sessions. And at the end of the day, we were like, we just want to feel authentic in this world, in ourselves, Mm -hmm. in our marriages, in our lives, in our friendships, in our Instagrams, in our blogs, in our, you know, and I think the world is craving that. And yeah, absolutely. I think like Whitney said, you know, there's this push to just be perfect and to be a mom that's perfect and a wife that's perfect. And that's not, no one can relate to that. No one can do that because at the end of the day, when (laughs) we take off the masks, it's not real. (laughs) It's not. And Mm -hmm. I think this push towards, it's okay to do this and it's okay to peel back Mm -hmm. the layers and it's necessary and it's real and it's authentic. And I think what you're doing is just Mm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm in my own therapy session. I just feel so empowered by you. And I think it's so, it's so beautiful. Like when we all just kind of realize that that's what everyone else is craving and it's okay to feel that way and it's okay to do all of this stuff to get there. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Absolutely. You, you have been practicing and using EMDR for seven years. I think you said maybe eight now, right? Yeah. So is there anything else out there? like another tool that you have seen work like how EMDR works or is this just in it, in its own space? (laughs) I know. Well, I mean, I think different, different times in our life. I'm not one where I like when it comes to wellness, I'm like, give me like, I'm like more of a, like a soup plantation person. You know what I mean? I don't like, but you know what I mean? Where it's just like, let me try all the things. And I'm not one to say like, this is the only way I feel like there's so many modalities to healing. There's so many, I mean, you can go to traditional therapy. You can also go see a life coach. You can also do like whatever. I mean, there's just, there's so many ways for healing and empowerment. And I think different times in our life calls for different things. So if there's some people where it's like, classic CBT therapy really works for them at a certain point. And then sometimes if they're blocked or deeper, they want to do EMDR and that works at a certain, you know, like there's just different times where you just need different things. Um, But uh, as far as doing like kind of that deep, that, that deeper rooted work, um, 
EMDR and then also somatic experiencing mm-hmm. is really, really powerful too. I'm actually going to be trained in it this sometime this year. I want to integrate both, but, um, will you just explain what form. that is yeah. really quick? T- totally. So somatic <laughs> experiencing is kind of a way, uh, another variation of working through trauma where you are able to, um, really go back to that experience and move through all and feel into every angle of that experience. So you work, it's almost like a completing the loop of that emotional processing where it stopped, where you kind of froze in the trauma state. Um, so I'm curious about it and (laughs) think it's kind of cool and cool to try it more, but maybe um, we'll have you back on when you're like an expert and using it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'm interested in that. Um, Yeah. What myths mm-hmm. are, because what myths, I know yeah. there are myths around EMDR. So what myths do you hear around EMDR? That's a good question. Um, like that it's hypnosis. I heard that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good, <laughs> yeah. So um, hypnosis, it's not hypnosis. You are completely conscious while this is happening. So hypnosis, I don't, no, really, and I can't speak to it enough, but hypnosis is where you're kind of going into a different state, right? Where EMDR, you are, you are working with subconscious pieces as far as like what you're believing about yourself, but you're completely conscious. I mean, you are there and you are working through it. It's, you know, while you do this, you know, yeah. so, um, but it is interesting because our brain, one thing that's actually I think really important for people to know is that our, what happened, everything that happens to us from zero to 14, generously to 2025, everything that happens in that space in our life becomes our subconscious beliefs. And so, like I said, like, even though you could look back and like, you could have amazing, let's say relationship with your mom or dad today you're, you're still operating about the parents that you had in your childhood. Right. Wow. So, and so (laughs) that's really, to me, that's really, um, it's, it's really, really significant. So like, for example, people today who are like, they're blocked around, they've been trying to find a job. They've been trying to find a job. They've been trying to find a job, but really they have, they're loaded with this negative belief of I'm not good enough. They can't, they don't consciously think it maybe somewhat consciously, but in their past, you know, whatever happened to them, they, in childhood, they had a learning disability and they believe that they're not smart enough. That is a hundred percent blocking them. So a lot of times in the current people don't realize how much inner child work and how much trauma work as far as like those early years impact your current. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's, that's why, you know, that's why it's so huge for yeah. now. You wow. know, I would definitely say mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if myth is the right word, but I just yeah. foresee so many people saying like, Oh, whatever. Someone in my family, uh, oh, what happened in my childhood? Like, I don't think about it much. Like it doesn't, it doesn't right. impact right. me at all. And right. I, I can tell you right now it does. And I think about that as a mom. And right. I think I was we say, should, no pressure. Right. I, I <laughs> Sorry, I'm laying it out there, guys. Mama. <laughs> but I, I do. I think about it with my little girl and I'm right. constantly working. And again, Cassidy, as I'm telling you about my therapy sessions, 
it's something yes. I have to work through because I have anxiety about, am I doing this? Am I like, am I affecting her in certain ways? Is this going to make her a worrier? Like how I'm a worrier. And, you know, my husband being deployed, is that going to mess her up? Because everything impacts you as a child. And mm-hmm. I, I hope, and I hope this podcast, not that I want to scare people. I want people to be educated and aware mm-hmm. of what you're saying. Like I, something's going on in my life. Let's dig deeper, look back in your childhood mm-hmm. and f- see if there's a connection or you have little kids think about, Hey, how I talk to my husband, what I watch on TV, what we're doing, this all, it all matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. And I think that could be hard because it's like, okay, do we have to give our kids perfect childhoods? And it's like, I know. No, um, it's not really about, um, it, it, it's, it's, um, hard we can't protect our kids from everything it's like impossible and it would be freaking exhausting if we lived that way (laughs) like it's just it's it's an unrealistic expectation but the and and also knowing that whatever lessons and whatever happens to them in their life also you know it breeds resiliency just like whatever all three of us whatever we've gone through is completely bred resiliency and led us down the the roads that we we are on you know I think the difference of is is really more about emotional attunement to your child. So like the more it's like, yeah, your daughter can, can totally be healthy, happy functioning child in her adult life and have a dad that had been deployed. And it's really more more about the quality of the emotional attunement you have to be emotionally present with her, Mm -hmm. to hold space when she's crying and to comfort her and to reassure. Mm -hmm. And that attunement is everything. Yes. So there's sometimes trauma is because we had parents that were great. They were, they were there, but they weren't there. So sometimes the trauma is that we weren't being attuned to as child, as children. Yep. You know, so we can go through anything when we feel um, attuned to, and we have that support, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. much to think about. Yeah. I think that's yeah. amazing. I think as that's parents. Just, absolutely. Yeah. It's just yeah. incredible. Um, mm-hmm. What's one resource, what's one podcast book uh, article that you find helpful and that you love mm-hmm. right now? Oh, gosh. There's so many, you guys. Um, I am such a book <laughs> and podcast nerd. Um, Give us a couple. If you have some a couple podcasts you, know, you love right now. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I just, because I just spoke with this one, one of, well, it's not a podcast, but just relating to trauma, which is so fascinating, is there's a book called When the Body Says No. And it's all about essentially how trauma impacts our physical bodies and the illnesses that we have and get. And um, if we're not really able to emotionally process things and how that manifests in our bodies. So the doctor, his, his name is Dr. Gabor Mate. Um, he does a, there's a YouTube video that you could watch. It's kind of like a podcast, if you will, of basically, um, but you could Google when the body says no, Gabor Mate and see what comes up on YouTube, YouTube, but it's really profound. It's just really, really profound. Um, I think now when we understand physical illness, 
in our Western world, we've completely just like, oh, our physical illness is just in this box. And we don't consider the emotional components and trauma of what we go through and how that impacts our body. And just like I think, and I, we're all more onto this now that body, soul, mind are interconnected. Yes. But I think it's going to be one of those things, just like how when we look back in the 1950s and we're like, everybody's smoking and there's like no problem. And now we look back and we're all just like horrified because we know what that means. I think that it's like, I think that in X amount of years from now, we're all going to be like so aware of how our trauma and um, our emotional health and well-being and interconnectedness in the relationships, how it impacts our physical body. We're just going to be yeah. like, it's just going to be a no-brainer. We're going to be like, yeah, we didn't know that then and we completely know that now. And we approach healthcare and so differently. So I think actually therapy is going to look at differently because it's not just going to be like, oh, we have a problem. It's going to be like, no, this is actually my physical body too right. needs it in order to be yeah. physically healthy. Healthy. I think it's just going to change. Yeah. Um, so I wrote that's that down. Big... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like jotting that down. <laughs> yeah. As a nurse yeah. and nurse practitioner, yeah. <laughs> you're like speaking my language. I won't get too into it, but I've been studying theories. So the general oh, adaptation yeah. theory and the Lazarus, yeah. how stress plays a role. You are 100%. speaking that's to just, me. We are yeah, on the same page. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's how I want to practice because I truly yeah, beautiful that trauma yeah. and stress create so many of these illnesses that we are seeing today. So, and exactly. guys, just a side note for all of our TGL yeah. listeners. So on our blog, we are on our website, excuse me, we have a resource tab. And so not only will we have a whole section dedicated to Janelle, but we're going to have resources for you. So you can go in and we'll link this YouTube video. We'll link everything that she's talking about. So you guys don't feel like you have to be, if you're driving right now, please don't be jotting this down. We will have it all for you. So you can find it all because we want you guys to have our site as a place of reference for her so that you can find all these great resources. So, um, right on. Janelle, if you, you know, listen to I our... have one more, yeah, I have yeah, one please. more that I actually think your, your listeners might enjoy. Um, cause it speaks to subconscious belief, but there it's, it's, it's psychology mixed with a little woo woo if you're into it, but it's, it's <laughs> I'm uh, into so, it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the website <laughs> is called to be magnetic. And basically, um, Lacey Phillips, she's, she calls herself a, a manifestation advisor, but I found her through, um, actually just the health and wellness blog that she had years ago, but, um, she, um, taught it's, it's all psychology based. So there's nothing, it's all just psychology based again. And, and I, I was turned on to just because I'm like, oh, this is the work I do in EMDR. It's just dealing with all those early child beliefs we pick up and then how it impacts our current life. So that's kind of her uh, manifestation uh, uh, website as far yeah. as like understanding your subconscious beliefs and how they play out currently. And she has a number of workshops too, which are really cool, kind cool. of dealing again with all of those core things. So that's a, a fun one too. Very neat. Awesome. Yeah, we might pick yeah. your brain a little after so that we have some sure. more resources to give our readers, yeah, yeah, sure. our listeners, because I think that's just, there's so much and there's, I know I'm yeah. going to be in like a rabbit hole once we get done and just yeah, looking up yeah, all this sure. stuff. So it's so cool. So <laughs> totally. Janelle, if you've listened to us, yeah. um, we have two episodes, as you know, um, a couple, but one question we always want our guests to answer for us, because this is a place of friendship and our listeners are coming here because not only do you have the best 
advice and tips and tricks, but we all want to be friends. And so what is the best (laughs) tip, the best piece of advice that you have ever received from your best friend? And it doesn't have to be related to what your work is just in general. From my best friend. Oh man, that is such a good, I mean, I could tell you actually, how about this? There's, there's just the, um, my, my best friend's incredible, but I think when I think of her, it's not necessarily anything that she said, but it's just that presence of complete authenticity, zero mass, total love, unconditional support and love, and truly that emotional attunement and how we all need to feel emotionally attuned. That is everything you could do. You could do all the things you could eat the right diet. You could do all the things, right. But we all need to have that emotional attunement in our life. It's just the cornerstone of our well-being. And so for me, my best friend, Laura, shout out to Laura. Like, is, out. is that, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's that. uh, a great reminder. Yeah. yeah. A great yeah. reminder. Um, yeah. If a person's trying to get started um, and do a session, just either talk therapy or EMDR, yeah. where, where should they start? Um, totally. So, well, first of all, EMDR does have to be done in, in person. So if you're, uh, wherever you're located, you know, the best way I would say is just to go on to psychology today and okay. search EMDR therapist. If you're w- wanting to find a th- therapist okay. and if someone wants to work with me, I, um, I can only work with somebody with, if they're in the state of California and I can do FaceTime sessions, but they'd have to physically be present to do EMDR. So, okay. um, yeah, but I would say psychology today to find a general yeah. Okay. So yeah. where can our listeners find you specifically? Tell us everything, your website, your social yeah. media, everything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, um, J N counseling is my website. So the letters J N the word counseling, and that's my Instagram handle to J N counseling. Um, I post more on Instagram than I do my Facebook page. My Facebook page is a little neglected, but it's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, but yeah, that's where they can find me. And I'm in, I have a private practice in Carlsbad, California. So I'm in North County, San Diego. Okay. And like I said, we'll link everything. So you'll have access to her through our site and through our Instagram as well. Yes. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Janelle, for coming on. It's been just Amazing. Amazing. My, again, I felt like a little therapy session, but I'm so glad to share this with everyone. So thank you so much. Hey guys, before you go, don't forget to subscribe to this girl life podcast on iTunes and make sure to hit us with that five-star review because you know, we love a good review. Also, you can find this girl life on Instagram at, at TGL podcast, where you can find all of the updates, our fun guests and any news TGL. You can go to our website and you can find us on YouTube. We can't wait to see y'all soon.